we began last week a new series called The Sower and the Word, and we want to continue uh, tonight on the epic battle. What is the truth of what we really battle? What If we understand what the battle is, and we can understand how to fight it. So that's basically the premise that we have on this. Last week, we learned as soon as we hear the word that the enemy comes to steal the word. So the enemy constantly comes in and desires to steal the word because he knows that there's something very important about the word of God in your life and what you do. And uh, notice the key word that we studied last week is immediately, immediately comes in. The moment the word is spoken, the moment the word is brought out uh, in your life that you hear with your ears, the Bible says that Satan comes immediately to steal it. We're going to learn tonight a little bit of how he does that. And again, Mark chapter 4 describes our heart. And as, as we read Mark chapter 4 again, it's describing our heart as ground. And then it describes to us that there are four different types of ground that people have. And only one kind of ground produced fruit. And it's called, the Bible calls it, the good ground. And uh, so the question is, uh, in this series, what does this ground consist of? What does the ground that, um, that the Bible is talking about, what's in our heart? What does it consist of when the enemy comes in and we find three out of the four grounds does not produce fruit? It stops fruit from growing. So the epic battle is the sower must protect the seed or the word seed. So as we live our lives, we must realize that we need to protect the seed or the word that we are hearing in our ears. In Proverbs 4, it says this, verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all your flesh, the word of God. So in all scripture and its teaching, it describes God as the sower of truth, and we are sowers also because we are created in his image. So what we want to describe tonight is as we live our lives, we're needing to understand that we are created in God's image and being created in God's image, that we do the same thing that God does. God sowed the word by speaking it. Mankind, through the Holy Spirit, wrote it out, and it's called the Bible or Scripture. In Mark 4, verse 3 and 4, let's read this again. It says, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Speaking of the first kind of ground or what's in the heart of some people. 
The word wayside means that you heard the word, but it never touched them and it never was planted. So bottom line, the word that was heard never was planted in the heart and it produced no fruit. Now, what we can call this is the wayside Christian. And we've all been there at times when situations in life are going on and it's like the word is not important to us. We're busy. Things are happening. And we're just concerned about all kinds of things. And because of that, the word is not important in our life. Hebrews 4 says this, verse 15. For do, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with, with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So right away, what the writer is writing and, and Jesus is speaking is that there are times in our life, your life, the word isn't important to you. There are times in your life that, you know, reading the Bible is just not important because you got a lot of other things to do. And bottom line, Jesus is saying, if we get to that place, we need to stop for a moment and we need to change that thinking. Because if you're not in the word of God, you're not sowing the seed, you're not going to bear fruit. And a lot of people get frustrated and angry with God because things aren't happening in their life. So some are allowing life to make them run from the presence of God. It's spending time with God when you're in the Word of God. So stop running from the truth that will change your circumstance, Jesus is saying. Well, let's continue Mark 4. Let's go to verse 16. And it says, these likewise are the ones who, one sown on stony ground, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now, those verses are really important. Because we must realize success with God is more important than anything else. Get in the word, then get the word of God in your heart. Verse 16 and 17 said this. Some get excited. This is a second ground that is in people's heart. Some get excited about the word, but it has no root. In other words, they don't protect it. They don't water it. They don't allow it to sink deep. They, they read the word, they get excited, and boom, life happens. So what happens with no root? He says tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, and immediately they stumble. Long time ago, I realized that... Uh, you know, a lot of people would always talk about tribulation. The Bible talks about it. It talks about struggles and problems. You know, the Bible tells us we're going to go through tribulation. We're going to have these things. 
But what we must recognize in this is that what is tribulation and what is persecution? Tribulation is hard times. Anybody gone through a hard time? You suffered hard times? You know, you suffer loss, uh, financial woes, whatever it is. Things are not flowing well. The world economy is tough. You work twice as hard and make less money. You make the same kind of money. You go to buy some food, and the food's more expensive. So you're having to change everything because things are more expensive. There's, it's just tribulation is going around. There's COVID. A lot of times people were, they were laid off and, or their hours were cut because of COVID. And that is tribulation. That's what happens in this world. Stuff happens. And what we need to realize, we need to plan for things like tribulation. Well, what is persecution? See, persecution is different than tribulation. Persecution is people problems. You ever had people problems? Yeah, okay. I know everyone, you know, <laughs> some of you, everyone just loves you. You never have people problems. Well, no, I know that. We all have people problems. So it says here that a lot of times when we get excited that the enemy comes in immediately and brings in tribulation in the world, brings in tribulation in your family, brings in tribulation on the, on the job, where hard times happen, you go to work on a Tuesday and you're happy, you've been singing, you've been reading the word, and you get in, a job, in work and it just, like, things don't work out. Things are just not happening the way you desired for it to happen. The boss comes in and says, hey, this happened, you gotta do it differently. Everything changes around. That's called tribulation. And that is something that comes from the enemy to get you away from what the word of God that you had read got you all excited about life and got you into a place of happiness. God is so good. God is so great. And all of a sudden, stuff happens at work. And by the time, you know, eight hours is over, you're miserable. You go home miserable. You, you don't like anything. Nothing works for you. That's what the enemy wants to do in your life. And why is he doing that? The Bible tells us it's for the word's sake. So we're finding here that this is a person that has really gotten excited about God and is really trying to move into a realm of growing in the word of God. But every time he turns around, tribulation happens. So again, why do hard times and people problems rise up? It's for the word's sake. As I was talking about earlier, I used to think, you know, well, the enemy's after me. The enemy's attacking me. The enemy's coming against me. No, he's coming against the word of God in you. Let me just tell you, people who are not in the word, people who are not attending church, people who just say, you know, yeah, I love God, but, you know, I don't, you know, church isn't important, and, and I got to do this and this. The enemy's not bringing tribulation or people problems in that person. The enemy is attacking the person who's really trying to grow. So I'm really trying to encourage you. If you have really grabbed the hold of what we're teaching here and you're diving in the word of God, and it just seems like, you know, it just, it's hard. It's, it's difficult. 
understand it's because of the word. And I want you to realize the enemy has no authority. He's trying to get you out of that joy of being in the word. All right? So the answer, you received the word when you heard. So he sent you hard times or people problems to stop fruit from being uh, manifested in your life. You were, not, you were not the wayside person. The wayside, wayside person didn't even receive. You were the person who's really diving in to the ground, but stuff happened in your life, and, and you're bouncing around trying to figure out why that hasn't happened. So again, tribulation is hard times and persecution is people problems. Now, have you ever heard about the stony, stony ground Christian? In your life, some people know where your buttons are and they push them. Do you know anybody that you're around them and they just push your button? It's like within a minute, your temperature rises. Okay. You know, the enemy will do that. Or unexpected bills come in, and it surprises you. Now, when I say that, um, because of, of my way of doing things, administrative mindset, I'm wondering, how does an unexpected bill come in? All right, well, okay, the air condition breaks, and you have to pay that. That's unexpected. But how many of you have ever realized that you've looked at your air unit and you looked at it and it's 25 years old and you're thinking, uh, you know, I don't know how long that's going to last. It's really not unexpected. So in life, what we learn is ex unexpected things are really attacks against the Word of God. They are something that comes when it shouldn't happen, all right? So why do these come again? To steal the word. Stony ground Christians get all upset. They become offended. They retaliate, and they react. Satan says, then after we do that, after we respond wrongly to a situation, Satan says, thank you, and he takes the word seed, and you have to do it all over again. Now, notice the second one is that word seed was in your heart. I've heard people say, you know, the enemy, he can't get your heart. Yeah, he can. Because you got the aspect of the heart. Remember last week? The heart is your spirit and also it's your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. And he can get at your mind. He can get at your will. He can get at your emotions. Sometimes... Um, you know, we, we get so upset about what's going on in life, we don't want to do anything. We don't want to be a blessing to people. We don't want to go to church. We don't want to do this. We don't want to do that. Satan uses the same strategy over and over in your life. So we're talking about the various uh, grounds in your heart. And then Scripture says, immediately they stumble. Turn to Mark chapter 6, and, and let's see an example of stony ground. In Mark chapter 6, verse 1, 
says, Then he went out from there and came to his own country, speaking of Jesus. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? All right, notice now a word that is in your heart and solid. We'll talk about that ground that bears fruit. Notice it brings answers. It brings miracles. It brings healings in your life and things that you are around. It brings in situations on the job where he'll give you insight. God will give you insight uh, because you've got word in your heart and you're praying that you will be able to go around the problem and be able to fix the situation and do the job anyways when there's an attack because the enemy has no authority over you unless you allow your ground to be like stony ground. That such mighty works are performed by his hands. Is this not the carpenter? They begin to look at Jesus, the son of Mary and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. What happened here is they got offended with Jesus because he was doing great things and they were still having it rough. They related to him. They they were thinking, hey, this guy grew up with us. How come he can do that and not me? So what we find is stony ground people become very defensive and offended all the time. So the word was stolen by Satan. Faith did not manifest and no more miracles. Now, let me just stop there and just realize something that it really doesn't say this, but let me show you what I believe it's showing us. It says that Jesus marveled at their unbelief. Now, why did Jesus marvel at their unbelief? Well, maybe they've been going through hard times. Maybe tribulation has happened and they were not in a very good mood when he came and then they got angry at him, blah, 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 blah. All right, all the reasons that people have. No, what Jesus marveled at was he was teaching the word, they heard the word that was taught, and they still didn't have faith. Because the word of God brings faith. But the the situation is, is they still lived the life that they lived before the Lord, where they got offended, they were angry, they were bitter, they did everything on their own. And just life wasn't working for them. Life was hard, and they were looking at other people. How come it's easier for them? And Jesus said, it doesn't matter where we're at in life, 
what has happened in our past, what has manifested through the years before. He said, if you are really hearing the word, if I'm really hearing the word, faith will grow. But how you protect that faith, even though you've gone through hard times, is you don't get offended with God. You don't get offended with the word of God. You don't get offended with when other people uh, are blessed and you're not. Other people uh, have received uh, a healing, but I'm still going through that situation. That is where Jesus was saying, I am teaching the word of God, and the word of God will cleanse us from the pain of the past. And we need to protect that. We need to make sure that that does not get us into a place where every time we get to a place, we're starting to grow. And, and the word's bearing fruit that the enemy who comes in immediately with tribulation and all of this doesn't uh, come in and steal the word, which then in turn steals faith. Because without the word, you can't have faith. If you don't have faith, it's because the word of God is not planted. All right, so the word was stolen by Satan, faith did not manifest, and there were no more miracles. Now, here's the question. What do people say? Every time things begin to go well, something always comes up. You know, they kind of, Murphy's Law, you've heard that statement. Well, what I say to that, we need to kick Murphy in the Murph. We really do. We need to really grab a hold of, of that statement and really realize, no, no. Every time you have a desire to move forward in things of life with God, in the kingdom of God, the Bible is telling us the enemy is trying to push a button, is trying to get you back in the same thinking, trying to get you back in the same anger towards that person, towards that situation, towards that boss, because things will arise. Even though you've gotten the word, God gave you revelation, you put it in your heart, and, and you're moving forward, I'm going to go to work, and I'm going to do better. I'm not going to allow that boss to bother me. I'm not going to allow that coworker to bother me. But the moment you get there, that person or that boss pushes a button. And there you go back into that, that just battle over and over. Joshua 1.8 says this, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Okay? You go into the situation Stony ground is there. You've had past hurts. Situations go on. The same thing arises because the enemy is causing the buttons to be pushed. You want to become offended. You want to say, this is Murphy's Law. Same thing over and over. I'm just tired of this. I'm going to quit. I'm going to leave. I'm going to do this. No, no, no. You need to understand, the moment you do that, Joshua 1.8 is telling us, Speak 
the same word that is in your heart out of your mouth. The Bible says the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When you get a revelation, you get that, remember that good feeling? Oh, man, I have never seen that before. A friend who's a Christian tells you something. Oh, I've never seen that before. That's awesome. Or you've heard a message at the church. You were in a Bible study with the ladies or the men, and you heard something. It just got you all excited. I can do this thing. I, I don't have to go through this all the time. The button is pushed. The Bible is telling us when that happens, those emotions will arise. Your soul, your emotions will rise up. But the Bible is saying, you say, no, I'm not going to allow that to happen. And you speak that word that you got that revelation. You continue to say it. No, I'm not going to get angry because the word of God says, and you speak that revelation in your life. But when we get into the negativity and everything's negative, it always happens to me, the stony Christian will again fall and bear no fruit. Don't, the stony Christian won't speak the word after the first excitement because it was stolen. The button was, was pushed. And all of a sudden, a stony Christian <clears throat> is one that will get excited and then get in the dumps. Get excited, get in the dumps. Get excited and then get depressed. Up and down, up and down. And then you begin to think, well, I'm a loser, or I'm a failure, nothing ever works, you know, I'm not happy with my job. <clears throat> the stony ground Christians speak into existence their own defeat. The ploy of the enemy is the moment, here's the second step, the moment a Christian puts word in their heart, the enemy comes in to push buttons, to bring tribulation, people problems, to get you to speak opposite of what God has promised you, what you got excited about. And we need to allow that, I say it all the time, is... And do I live it all the time? No. I still, I'm like you. You're like me. You know, it's still the, I'm still growing. I've grown a lot, but I'm still growing. I need to grow more. But we get into that place where we begin to speak how it's not going to work. And I promise you, words, just like God spoke the word to create the universe, words are powerful. And when we speak words, we're created in the image of God. Let me just stop there and say this. You and I are not God. All right? We're not creative God, but we speak what God created. And when we do that, we come in agreement with God, and it causes faith to bring miracles and bring the power of God to move in our lives. But when we become stony Christians, we speak the opposite. Don't let your words give Satan the right what Satan wants to do. Speak what God said. Sow it in life. When you're speaking the word of God, you're sowing it. Now, <clears throat> you are a sower. Romans 4.17 says, God, who gives life to the dead, and calls those things which do not exist 
as though they did. Here's an extreme. Someone says, oh, really? I'm creating God's image? Okay. All right. I need a new car. Car appear in my driveway. That's stupid. That's extreme. What it's saying here is that God calls into existence what he had already created. So in your life, God has promised healing. The doctor says you're sick. Absolutely, sickness has attacked your body. But what do you do? Ah, oh, this is run in my family. Now, what do you do? You say, this has run in my family, but I'm going to be the one that stops it by speaking the word of God, by speaking what God said, not what you created, what God created. So Satan, you will not defeat me. Mountains will be moved. I will have faith that will move mountains. This is a victory that has overcome the world. But the stony Christian lost the word of God because the buttons were pushed and there's no word there. It's been stolen. And so their words are not words that come from God. Their words come from their emotion or their pain. That's a stony Christian. Stony Christians, they argue, they get in strife. What you need to learn is be a peacemaker. Why are you a peacemaker? Here, here's, here's the point. Why are you a peacemaker? Because I'm a Christian. No, why are you a peacemaker? Because non-Christians make peace. Non-Christians, a lot of non-Christians are good people. And things they do, they make peace around where they're at. They're good neighbors, but they don't serve the Lord. What, what do we need to do in our lives to do this? Why do we need to do this? It's because you're protecting the word. You get in strife, the word's ripped off. You, you say things and, and you think things and, and say things that are negative and not true out of your mouth. Hey, we've all done this. And I just want to tell you, you're going to have to replant. You're going to have to go back to what excited you last week and replant it and then protect it. How do you protect it? When you replant that same word, you get excited about, okay, this is the time I'm going to do it. And then all of a sudden, here comes the enemy. Immediately comes, he pushes a button, and he wants you and me to get in strife. He wants you and me to be offended. Okay, let's go to verse 18, Mark 4. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. This is talking about the third type of ground. Ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So, Notice, again, it says, chokes the word. So now we're at a place where we've been Christians long enough, and we've grown a little bit, and we've become that, that man or woman of God that, that, you know, stuff happens, little stuff happens, and, and, but we stand 
No, no, I'm not going to allow that to get me because we've grown. We're, we, we've risen up in, in maybe we could say adulthood in our Christian faith. But what <clears throat> begins to happen is you're going to notice here is the first one, they heard the word, but they didn't plan it. They heard the same thing the second one and the third one and the fourth ground heard. They heard it, but they didn't plan it. They just didn't even plant. The second one, they heard the word, and then they planted, and immediately the enemy brought from the outside tribulation and people problems. But notice in the third ground, now the devil thinks, ah, sister so-and-so's gotten pretty spiritual here, has grown up in the word. So instead of the outside things going after you, he now uses things to get at you from the inside. Isn't that interesting? How when Jesus spoke this in Mark 4, that he was giving us a storyline of Christian growth. So here's, to me, a mature believer who has grown, has faith. They've seen miracles. They've seen healings. They've seen changes. They've gotten raises at work. God's answered prayer for them. And so they're moving on with the Lord. But the enemy says, okay, we're starting to get this word being planted and growing. And it's becoming hard for me to get the word out of them. So now I'm going to go after the inside. See, the key to success in every area of your life, again, is God's word. So first, again, some don't even, they hear the word, but they don't plan it. Now, I want to tell you, there are some that don't even hear God's word. The second, they heard but didn't pay attention to it, wayside, and they get ripped off. The third, some heard, they got it into their heart, and Satan couldn't get it, so he stirred up hard times and people problems uh, to steal the word, the stony ground. And then here's... And when I say fourth, this is four different grounds. They heard the word, it got in their heart. Hard times of people didn't phase you anymore. I would suggest a lot of you here today, hard times and people problems don't phase you because you forgive, you walk in love, you understand there are some people that just create problems. So whatever you are full of will come out. So listen closely. If Satan can't pressure you to give up the word in your heart with persecution, etc., this is how you answer him in any area. You say the word says and you speak the word. So Satan now, here it is, he has to take a different approach with you. External problems are not working on you, so Satan then goes internal. 
Let's look at the specific words in verse 18 and 19. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Let's explain those three things. He comes differently on the inside. The first word is cares. That is translated as worry. You know anybody that's a worry wart? Constantly worrying about everything. The second, deceitfulness of riches. The deceitfulness of riches is explained this way. Thinking that money is your salvation and the Bible calls that a deceitful thing. That if only you had more money, things would get better. I heard one guy say, the more money you make, the more problems you will have. Now, some of you are looking at me and saying, sure, pastor. Uh-huh, yeah. Go ahead. Give me uh, 500000 right now. I'm, I'll be pretty good for a while. Well, He's talking about the deceitfulness of riches, what it'll bring you. How many people that you've known that have made money and today they have nothing? A lot of us have watched football games today. How many professional football players have made millions of dollars and today they're homeless? The third is desires for other things. What are desires for other things, things that are not promised in the Word of God. Things that are not promised in the Word of God. Okay, well, let me just explain one of them. This is not promised in the Word of God. If your spouse does not meet your need, he'll give you another one. What am I saying there? How many people do you know that they were unhappy with their spouse, so they decided to go find somebody else. And what happened there? And, and so the, the reality, and a lot of times, you know, it happens in devastation, and it destroys a family unit. Today's day, inner city, 58%. 58% of children live in a, uh, a single-parent home. In one group of people, 78% of the fathers are not involved with their children. That's what I'm talking about. Those are the people that went out and they were... Uh, deceived by a desire for other things. And so what he does, he begins to pinpoint, okay, well, you know, your child just went into college or, or your child just went into sixth grade and, and you know what's happening there and all of a sudden worry and worry and worry begins to manifest. Uh, you look at your bills and worry, uh, deceitfulness of riches, if only I had more money. So a lot of people will stop getting in the Word, stop going to church, and they'll work two and three jobs. You know what? 
I would be glad if I needed to, to work three jobs. But I would learn that the deceitfulness of riches, I would never allow that to get in my way of serving God, of going to church. I would look four, five, six, seven different jobs. And, and I would say, uh, you want me to work Sunday morning? I can't. I would just do that. I would trust God enough to know, all right, I got this situation. Maybe I've made some wrong choices, and I, I, I need to make more money. But I will not allow what I do for a living to keep me away from church. If they will tell me that you have to work on Sunday, I would look for another job. Now, would I do that if, if I had a job for 20 years and it was my career and then they said that? Well, no, I would, I would stay do that. I would make sure, I would talk with my pastor and say, hey, you know what? Right now, I'm in a bind and I'm gonna believe God for this to change. But for the next few weeks, I'm not gonna be able to uh, be in church. But I promise you, there will be an answer to this. I will be back. And so what I would do if things were not going to change, and, there, and I just noticed that in my spirit, I would then, in any free time that I had, I would look for another job. Because I will not allow any aspect of the word being in my heart to be stolen from me. I will not allow uh, the desire, oh, if I quit this, then I won't make that kind of money. Well, make a decision, maybe Rebudget your, your budget, whatever it needs to happen, because that's where we need to get in. And, and the, the enemy will come in on the inside, and verse 19 says, he'll enter in choking the word. Enter where? He enters your heart. How does he enter? You heard. You heard. You, you began and then you began to speak it, all right? You allowed your ears or eyes to plant them in your heart and allow them to grow up, and it choked the word. You began to see bad things. You began to look at things. And so what, what I'm really trying to bring to you, I, I'm coming from all different angles in a very quick way because of time, but we need to realize Bottom line, where do we really get worry, deceitfulness of riches? Where do we really get those three things and the desire for other things? They come the same way the word of faith comes in your heart, by you hearing it. And a lot of times, it's because we are saying it. We are speaking the worry. We are speaking the desire. Worry is opposite of faith. Worry is believing something you can't see will come to pass. You know, I read a statistic before, and I wrote this down. 80% of everything people worry about never come to pass. <laughs> Isn't that funny? 80%. Jesus said in verse 19 that worry is designed by Satan to choke the word in your heart. So church, when worry comes, what comes out of your mouth? So you've got to the place in this type of ground, 
they got to the place, you and I got to the place where outside circumstance, people problems, that doesn't get us because we're not going to allow people to change because we've seen the fruit of what God has done in our lives by being faithful to him and being faithful to his word. So the outside, but now he comes in and it becomes really personal in your life. Luke 6.45 says this, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So, if you have the word of God in you, and the word of God is manifesting through you, by your mouth, fruit begins to manifest. In the same way, kingdom reality, if words of negativity and words of anger and words of all these things come out, we've all been there, come out, it will choke and steal the word. It will stop these things. So we have to be very careful um, you know, through the years of, of ministry, um, you know, there have been times that people come into the church and they're just hurt. Life has dealt them dirty. And they're hurt. And elders or people, leaders in the church have tried to minister to them. But it, it seems like they, they listen and they, they move a little bit and all of a sudden the same stuff happens. They come in angry again, crying again upset again. And, you know, we have emotions, and it's real to them. But we still, we try to help them and try to help them. But before you know it, you hear from them saying things like this. You know, I, I've been here for six months, and I've talked to you, I've talked to him. I even went into pastor, and you've told me what I needed to do, and I've done it, and it didn't work. So I, I don't know what to do. Before you know it, they, they, they come every other week to church or once a month. And before you know it, they're not in church. And people call them and talk to them. It's what has happened is the enemy comes in and their, their ground, their heart is one of these grounds. And they haven't moved into the area of faith in the word of God. And literally watching out of their mouth what they speak. And let me tell you, it's a lifelong journey. Our words are life and death situations. Our words can bring life to a situation in our journey, or it can bring death. Psalm 1, verse 1 through 3 says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. What is the counsel of the ungodly? Someone who doesn't know God, no. The counsel of the ungodly is negativity. Nor stands in the path of sinners. In other words, now begins to go back to the old life. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now Every time they turn around, they're complaining about something. 
but his delight is in the law of the Lord or the word. And in his law, he meditates day and night. In other words, the meditation is like a cow chewing its cud. You read it, you chew on it, you learn from it, you sw- it's in your heart. And then the cow has, you know, more than one stomach, brings it back up, chews on it again. Folks, I want to tell you, when you get in the word, the enemy comes in immediately. Immediately what you have to do is speak the word of God again and begin thinking about what that word said, not what is going on or what the enemy does, bringing people problems or tribulation, or then begins to cause you worry. There are times I've laid there in bed thinking about the next step on something. And, And all of a sudden I catch myself thinking, okay, I know the responsibility I have in this area. And we're moving into this area. And God, you're blessed. But I, man, I just, and all of a sudden, uh, Father, no, no, I'm not going to speak that. You have guided us all these years, and you're going to continue because you promised that. So I rest my heart. Lord, thank you for great sleep. And I, I make a moment, uh, a movement. If I'm laying on my left side, I'll move and lay on my right side. And I'll say, worry is over. I'm not going to carry this thing because it's not mine. The Bible says to cast all my cares on him. Amen? And, and we have that. I mean, you, you know, let me, let me just tell you, worry is something that's, that has been planted in you. If you get a phone call, like I see some of you, and, you know, a grandchild, something's on, and they're in the hospital, whatever, you know, you're thinking, oh, my Lord, and this rises up. It's not planted in you. It's real because you have emotions. There's a difference between that and then, out of the blue, just something you start thinking about, and you're worrying about it, and you finally go to sleep at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning because you've been worrying about it all night long if that's going to happen or not happen. Remember, 80% of everything plant worry, planted worry doesn't happen. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law, he meditates day and night. That means is that once you get the word planted, you have to keep speaking that word over you. Day and night. When you wake up, you know, at four in the morning, use the restroom. Quote the scripture. Think about what God said to you the day before and say it. And then go back to bed. And then when you rise up in the morning, find new revelation. Find new word. Read a scripture. Quote a scripture. He shall be like a tree. If you, if you do that, you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. See, also, there's a timing. When you plant things in your life, everything can't be an emergency for God. You spend a daily life getting in the word of God and plant that seed, and when it is needed, it will produce the fruit. 
So in other words, you have a harvest field in your heart of the Word of God. And when situations arise, you pluck it out of your heart and you speak it in faith. Follow me. When, when you plant seed, when you uh, plant a vegetable, when you plant corn, it grows. I've, I've told a lot of people, for some of you that have maybe grown up in the Midwest or, or East Coast, when corn is planted because of winter, it's planted, you know, in, in May. And uh, then the old saying, if it's knee high, the corn stalk, by the 4th of July, you're going to have a good, good crop. All right? So there's a timing of planting and a timing of harvesting. And so the, the timing of harvesting, a lot of time, is in September, end of September, sometimes the beginning of October, but that's also when the rains and sometimes an early snow can come and flood or destroy the crop. So there's a timing factor of you got to plant, and then all summer long, you're watching it grow. You're weeding it. You're watching the bugs. You're doing all the different things, and then in the fall, the harvest is there. Same thing in your spiritual walk with God. Every one of us should have a harvest field in our heart of the Word of God. That's why the Bible says to get in it daily. And when during the summer, fall, winter, spring, you always have that harvest field in your heart. And when things arise, when the snow comes, when the floods come, you know, the Bible, we read it this morning. When a guy built his, his house upon the rock, it withstood. The, the rain and the water came vehemently. But the guy who just planted it on the sand, on the ground, when it came, it knocked it down and destroyed it. And the destruction was worse than he could ever dream because there was nothing left. And that's what happens in, with the, the three grounds. But when you are a person that plants the Word of God on a daily basis, and hear my heart, hear what I'm saying, is there will be a day or a couple days or a few days during the year that stuff happens and you don't get in the Word of God. Don't worry. The devil will come to you and say, ah, see, you learned from pastor what you needed to do. You've been doing that for six months. You missed a day. You might as well forget it. It's never going to happen. And he'll say that to you. And we'll get into our mindset where, where we really, we struggle. And then he gets us to a place where then we don't like the word anymore because it's too hard. It's too much. I'm too busy. No. Harvest field. Always remember we got to have a harvest field in our heart because when we do, anytime anything arises, we can pull out the Word of God that we need because the Word of God is an offensive weapon that will destroy the work of the enemy. Satan went to Jesus. Another part of this morning, Satan went to Jesus and tempted him three times. What did he say? What was in his heart? 
It is written. It is written. It is written. That's the lifestyle that will get us to the place where we will bear fruit. Let me say it this way. That is the only lifestyle that will bear much fruit is the one that has the crop of the Word of God always being protected and watered and weeded in our heart. Amen. Let's all stand.